This episode of the Better Every Shift podcast is brought to you by Lexipol, the experts in policy, training, wellness support, and grants assistance for first responders and government leaders. To learn more, visit Lexipol.com. That's L-E-X-I-P-O-L.com. Now let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzow. I will be your captain again. Over there is Janelle Fosquet. How did I do on that one? Okay. How did I pronounce it? Okay. Not great, but it's okay. (laughs) She is the brains and uh, actually uh, the producer of, of the show. And we're here just to talk about anything and everything related to the fire service, improving uh, health, your, your mind, your uh, profession and being better. And today we are very fortunate to have uh, Jason Coy with us. And Jason is, um, man, he, he's not only a very good dude, I'm going to say that right off the bat because I know him personally and I've gotten to know him over the years, um, but he's also a uh, very good uh, chief. He's in, um, in Wyoming, way far away, Wyoming, and uh, he's a fire chief of uh, Laramie County Fire Authority in, in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. And uh, he's also a professor at Laramie, Laramie, Laramie County Community College. Um, he teaches fire behavior. He's also, gosh, you're an active member of Kill the Flashover. You, um, you're a technical member of UL, uh, I think the Positive Pressure Test Committee. You've uh, been an instructor for Knowledge to Practice, um, uh, th- that project. I said, I also uh, want to reiterate a very, very good guy. Um, a good mentor, uh, just a good friend. And, uh, we're very happy to have you here. And you, um, before we dig into to, to some stuff that you did with us here at fire rescue one, how the heck are you, buddy? Boy, good, Aaron. It's good to see you and Janelle, Janelle, as we, uh, come out of post COVID, but, uh, Aaron, you know, we met boy, gal nine, 10, 11 years ago and so, yeah. through, uh, through uh, some of the trade shows and it's been fun to get to know you and watch you and lean on you as uh, as we've all grown in our professions and also in our personal lives. So it's great to be here and Danelle, as always, it's amazing what you do um, for feeding the fire service information and data. And and uh, so it's an honor to be part of the group today. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And Janelle, how did I do? I, I honestly, I, you, for those that are, are listening to this or watching this, like I, these guys, I'm a big dumb animal sometimes and I have trouble with names. And so Janelle Fasquet, is that better? I still can't get her last name very well. Uh, but, um, you know, they've, they've been trying behind the scenes to just like, no, how do you, how can you not get it? And some things I just can't get. So here's here's uh, what I don't get is you've got Koi on the first take, but Fasquet were on like take 80 or something. (laughs) Fasquet. There it is. I got it. Fasquet. That was pretty good. That was pretty good, Aaron. And this is how good of a person Jason is. So Jason is hearing this just trying to, you know, uh, he didn't roll his eyes once. He smiles and he says, it's because you're from the Midwest. It's the way you pronounce things in the Midwest. And he comes up with this great rationale behind why I can't do this one thing. And that's what makes you a good leader, by the way, and a good (laughs) chief is because you're able to listen, uh, you know, at both ends and and figure people out and – you know, and, and, and uh, because of that, I think uh, you are 
one of the best up and coming leaders in the fire service, but you, you also do some great things. Um, you know, uh, you just wrote a great article, uh, in, in, in response to, uh, the surveys that we had done, um, on fire rescue one. And I know Janelle, you were very pivotal in, in getting those up. So tell us a little bit about what you've, what you found out here, uh, chief, um, and what was the biggest surprise for you? Yeah, well, thanks, Aaron. I think, uh, first off, I don't think any of us are, are great chiefs or great leaders. I think it's a continual process. And part of this is uh, being better, right? And part of what we do is continuing to learn how to be better. And the data that Janelle was able to collect um, through the Fire Rescue One survey really shed some light on areas as leaders we need to continue to grow. Uh, I've been in the fire service for over 20 years, and that's a short time compared to some and a long time compared to others. But what was interesting was kind of we entered the fire service with this enthusiasm, like we won the golden ticket, right? Yeah. And then uh, we get into the job, and for some reason, those middle years, those years two through eight, maybe are a little bit challenging for us. And then we grow and learn and understand the job in years 10 through 20, we really love again. So as a leader, I want to dissect what happens at year two and what happens through year eight as far as our folks and their participation in our organizations, whether it's volunteer combination or career in the fire service. Uh, how can we improve that as leadership? Um, there's been a lot of talk about uh, recruitment and retention in the fire service, whether that's career or volunteer. And it's a big buzz point. They just talked about it at the summit, the IFF and, and IFC and NVFC are all discussing it. And I really come back to that. The recruitment piece is really about leadership and the retention piece really comes down to leadership. And sometimes we forget that the fire service is about people and we're in the people business. Yep. Um, and our people serve our community and, and that's our job. And as leaders, we have to serve our people. And with not getting distracted by what nozzle we're using or what type of apparatus or what helmet or what color PPE, we really need to focus back on our people. And right. uh, they can provide- Who's, under who's yeah. underneath it? Who's underneath that helmet? Who's driving that rig, right? Like, do you see too, uh, you know, and, and you travel around and you-, you um, you obviously have a, a lot of uh, connections within the fire service just throughout the country. Like, do you see, is there a, do you think there's a disconnect between, you know, at, there's always this admin and then the front line is there. And, 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 you know, elaborate on that a little bit. I think the, there is, um, in organizations that maybe haven't done as great a job developing leaders at all levels of their organization, from frontline supervisors, first-line supervisors to second-line supervisors, all the way up. If we don't have that consistent leadership that is um, focused as a servant leader, um, we're gonna we're gonna have those challenges because one person at the top can't run the whole organization, especially in an organization like yours, Aaron, where it's a larger organization. Um, if you don't have that first-line supervisor that are that are great tactically and operationally, but also are really good on the human skill piece why would you want to come to work? Yeah, um, right. Or stay coming to work, right? right. Like when, when there's jobs everywhere, right? There's, there's more jobs. If we look at the national unemployment rate and we look at the national open job market, even in the fire service today, a three, four, five year firefighter has more opportunity to go 
to a, a desired location, either because of geography or because they like the culture or because they feel like they can grow more, well, then we need to look internally at our own self to say, how do we provide that in our neighborhood to, to give those same value to our members? Yeah. You know, and I'm also curious, like, based on everything we've been seeing in the news lately about, you know, you hear, you, you read these stories about so many firefighters quitting, you know, in droves from departments, you know, but then we've got these statistics that are so, you know, above and beyond positive. Were you surprised that 10, would you recommend a career in the fire service? The tens were off the charts. I don't think so because I think for most folks, they want to be positive. And the fire service is an amazing profession. And the folks that love the, the fire service are passionate about loving the fire service. I think what falls through the cracks are the folks that um, maybe tried the fire service for a few years and then were like, yeah, it's not for me or I want to do something different, which is a societal change in our society, right? Yeah. So coming out of World War II and Vietnam, you landed a profession. You stayed in that profession for 30 years. Today, our our society is more, hey, I'm going to try this for a while, and there will always be another door that opens up for me that I can do something different. So I think you got to get the bug, and it's got to be enthusiastic, energy-driven leadership that provides that because yeah. we see horrible stuff. We experience horrible things. And then we talk about cancer and mental health and all these other pieces. If you don't have an organization that is active and supporting and engaged and enthusiastic with good leadership at all levels, I can see folks saying, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. Right, right. Well, you know, they say, you know, firefighters, they hate, you know, the way things are and change, right? Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and when you look at that, then you go, okay, if that's really what's happening in their environment, then they probably get frustrated in years, what, two through eight when they, you know, it's like the honeymoon phase wears off a little bit. And if your organization isn't set up for, um, you know, addressing the issues and, and, you know, with a, a good, uh, you know, leadership along the way, right? Like, I think just what you're saying is people can look elsewhere and see, hey, this is a good, you know, there's other opportunities out there, you know, I, and I think from what you're saying too, it's kind of like the first time in a long time you know, the fire service used to just be able to market itself, right? Like it, it doesn't seem like we have to do a better job of that, correct? Yeah, I don't even think I don't even think what we did as a fire service over the last 50 years was market at all. We might have called it marketing, but we probably right. by dumb blind luck, we drew people in really easily because they're good, stable jobs, they had good benefits, it was a cool profession, all those things, right? Um, well, and because of the movie Backdraft, of course. I think that helped a ton. Actually, and probably just having you around drew a lot of people in also, right, Aaron? I don't know. I might have. I might have people are like, I don't know if I could handle this guy. I, I, I got to look for another job. I don't know. Um, yeah, there, there is a, you know, I, you know, 9-11, I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, the movies and it kind of glorified it in a way, right? And I think, uh, as you know, you, you know, it's it's not the same, right. As what you see on TV. And, and I mean, let's think, of, let me ask you that. Do you think that maybe hurts us sometimes? Cause look at how many fire shows there are. Right. And yeah. most people come to you and go, well, is it just like, you know, whatever Chicago fire. And I just, I laugh and I'm like, uh, 
and it's not. So do you think there is a disconnect there about what people perceive in the way it is? Yeah, I think I think you hit one of the components that we have to get real about, right? Is we use, and Janelle being in the uh, media business, we use glorified pictures, amazing fire pictures to draw our attention in. Let's and call we, what it is. It's fire porn. Yeah. And, and then we have young men and women join the fire service expecting that. And reality is those are rare and far and few between. And thank God they are, because if our communities burned like some of those fires, there won't be anything left. But maybe we need to have a little bit of more honest conversation about, hey, yeah, you're going to get some some work. You're going to get some work. But a lot of what we do is just plain serving our community by by saying thank you and hello to Mrs. Smith and, and engaging them in a positive manner. And in a lot of times, we don't even use our EMS skills on those events. It's more of a community skill. Yeah, yeah. Well, a people we've, we've skill. Had, like it. So, sorry, Aaron. Uh, we've, uh, we've had so many articles recently, too, about pe we have this one that's called This Isn't What I Signed Up For. Yeah. And yeah. the whole thing is just all about how we're kind of mismarketing what the job really is. And then Jason, you wrote that piece about the life safety division. Like, yeah. should we just be, you know, changing the model in terms of what we're calling it and how we're, how we're promoting it to people just to create a more realistic expectation for retention efforts. Yeah, I think Mesa, Arizona has got a really cool little program going and just speaking with their chief a couple weeks ago, uh, they started a, a shift specifically to address some of those calls. And it's a 12 hour shift, which is dr drastically different than the career 24 or 48 hour shift. And the concern from the administrative staff was we're not going to get anybody to sign up for this. Well, they got a few people to sign up. Now, six months later, they have a line of folks wanting to sign up for that because there was a value change for that organization say hey i've been in the fire service for 15 years i'm tired of not getting my sleep i can transition into this other role serve our community not lose pay and i'm getting to go home every night um, and that might be some of the creative thinking that fire organizations have to continue to do to continue to better uh, the environment for our members and for our community yeah what do you think about um i was just talking with the chief uh yesterday um from um, you know, the East coast and, and they, they're, they're a combination department. And, you know, what he has, um, there is he's, he's had some people where he's taken them off the front line, but he still has positions for them. Like they can become a driver, but they can't mm -hmm. go into an IDLH environment. We, we never thought about that before, but I know that that, that kind of, um, uh, organizational approach is working in a couple places. I mean, what have you seen on that? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, NFPA 1001 is going to actually address a lot of that as the revision comes out. But there's going to be more specialty skills for folks that maybe can't do or want to do anymore the full gamut of skills, right? Especially in the, the rural areas, the combination and volunteer departments, that's going to be really critical um, because we just don't have as many people signing up. But we have folks that maybe are truck drivers but can't get down and crawl and wear an SCBA, but they can still yeah. drive a water tender in an engine. So let's train them to that. Let's certify them to that level. But I think, Aaron, I think you hit a big on the head is that the fire service, we have a lot of very valuable traditions and a lot of great things. 
But if we don't start to look at some of those components, it's going to be harder for us to continue to draw people to the fire service, um, whether that's shift, whether that's work type. The, the funny point about social service medicine, and Janelle, you referenced it, we expect a type A personality that signed up to break doors, kick windows in, drag babies out of buildings, but then we want to find have them find their softer side to go help that homeless person or that person that's having a pretty rough day. It's the wrong traits. We're yeah, asking yeah. them, and they're doing a phenomenal job of it, but it's the wrong traits for the service type. So, so should we be looking at different service models to meet our community needs today? We still need the type A commando type forces, but we also need this more emotional support, um, human aspect to serve our communities. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's, on it's, an article yeah. title. It's like the type B personality is wanted. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it, like, and you look at, and, and this is all coming back to how the, the job has changed. And, you know, Janelle, you referenced, this isn't what I signed up for, you know, and we look at what we see on TV. And I just noticed too, like FR1 has, um, you know, Cal Fire is saying, you know, that CBS, or I shouldn't say that show out there, there's fire country is not a good, it's a misrepresentation of what really goes on. And so, right. We're, we're getting to the bottom of something here fairly quickly. Um, and it's, it's right. The fire service is changing yet. The perception is over here. And so someone gets in and they see the, the, the sexy side at first. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is the reality of this. This is, you know, this is like what it's like dating Zamza. It's like, wait a minute, you're three and four. <laughs> this guy is the same way. He's a little too much. Um, right. But, uh, you know, what's, what's the solution? I mean, what, in your mind, what do you think? Well, I think the solution is, is that we can't bury our heads in the sand. And uh, we, as a fire service, need to continue to research, study, look at other organizations, maybe outside of the fire service, on how to continue to deliver that need. And for one of the presentations I use, I use Sears Roebuck, retail chain store that's over 100 years old that has disappeared off of our Yeah, community. you might have to explain what that is for our younger listeners. You know, that back in the day, there used to be pay phones and all these other right, things. Sears right. Roebuck was also that too, yeah. But they were a mail order catalog. You could order anything from a house to toilet paper, and you got it shipped any place in the country to your location. Well, that's so Amazon. That's Amazon, but on paper. Yeah. So yeah. What in the '90s or early 2000s? You can imagine there was a conversation at the corporate office for Sears, and some young executive was saying, "Hey, we need to get into this internet sales thing. This is going to be big." And there was some senior executive saying. That's 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 a flash in the pan. That's not. This is what we do. This is our tradition. Yeah. What Sears was is what Amazon is today, and exactly. the challenge for us as leaders is to say, it's not comfortable to look different than what we've always done. But as leaders, we have to explore what those options are. We have to investigate it. We have to get our folks involved at all levels of the organization, and continue to grow, and. I think that's, Aaron, to answer your question, that's probably the greatest challenge in the fire service today is as leadership to be uncomfortable because we're looking at new ways of providing service 
and we're empowering the people around us at all levels to be a part of those solutions. Because if I just give the solution the way I've always done it, they're not going to want to do it. Yeah. So let's yeah. empower them to be a part of that conversation. Well, and you, you had mentioned too, there's so much information and data that needs to, that's coming forward. And thanks to people like Janelle, because of her hard work through, and, and I've, I've had the pleasure of working with Janelle for 10 years now, 11 years. I don't even know. I, I still can't pronounce her last name. If you, everyone's still going, <laughs> you still can't pronounce the last name. You're a jerk. Yes, I know that. But, you know, she's very, the fire service needs her. And, and um, because she, she's the one that can bring this to the foresight, right? Like she's the one that says, chief, look at this data. And you can look at it and interpret it and go, oh, okay. Right. And, but she's the one who's, who's driving that. And, and we need to embrace that as, as an, uh, as an industry, number one. And then number two, we got to do something about it. Right. Like, I mean, that's why I love talking to you. Cause you're like, Hey, I saw this and I looked right away. You know, I'm sure you've had conversations with your members going, what do you guys think of this? What, what can I do from those two to eight year people? How can I get you more engaged? Right. What are, I, I know you've had those conversations. What are they saying? Well, you, ironically, we just had Vision Day on Saturday, and we took our executive staff and our board members, and we actually assigned out certain pieces. One of them was value. And all we'd give them was the term value. What does value mean to our membership? What does value mean to our community? And what are our young members and our senior members finding valuable by being a part of our organization? And how do we enhance those things? And then what do they want from us? Because it's a transactional deal, right? We're yeah. asking them to go serve our community. In return, they need something back from us. On the career side, they get monetary, but that's not enough, right? There's got to be an emotional connection there also for them to go do the things that we want them to do. So those conversations are very localized, and those local organizations have to identify what's value to their members, whether it's career or volunteer, and then connect it and be courageous enough to say, hey, we're going to have some hard conversations about some of this. The mission's mm -hmm. not going to change. We are going to go serve our community all hours of the day, all weather conditions in a timely fashion with very qualified professional folks, volunteer or paid. That's not going to change. But what can change is what do we do behind the scenes to make that all happen? Yeah. And that's the, that's the solutions. And it's local. It's got to be local in those organizations. Yeah. And, you know, that. going the back to that day. Yeah. vision day, yeah, it's the first yeah. one we did. And I'll tell you, I was scared doing it because you don't know what's coming out of it. Right. So it took yeah. a little courage um, for everybody to participate in it and open up and share. Um, and so courage is probably one of our values in the fire service. But we look at it as courages of going into those hazard events. But yeah. really, we need the courage on the leadership side to say, time out. Let's look yeah. at this a little different and have the courage to pursue alternative methods and, and plans to achieve our goals. Yeah. I think that's well, such a great idea. And I mean, and you know, Aaron, I appreciate all your, your kind words. I am a, a vehicle to share all of your ideas. And I think that's what, you know, my big point here is, you know, sites like fire rescue one and others were just, we're, there's no need to reinvent the wheel here, right? There are departments doing really great things and coming up with solutions, you know, and even something like Vision Day, like that's a great idea. You know, we should share that. 
with the community because there's no reason, you know, for people to be wondering about these things and what should we try? There's a lot of good ideas out there, you know, and I just encourage anybody to reach out and, and pitch your ideas because you never know what's going to click with somebody. Well, and with community too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we, we are, we are mark the other part of this, right? Jason, you and I have talked about this. Like we, are, we do not market ourselves very well. Um, and, and we mentioned that probably early on, you know, when, when we even, not only when we're talking about recruitment, but when we're talking about, you know, needing a new fire station with, I believe you guys got one coming up, right? Like you just yeah, broke we, ground. Congrats. We on just that. got one and we, we have another one coming. Yeah. See, but, but how do you, and right now a chief is probably, or someone's like, oh man, how did you do that? But right. Well, I mean, the process was here is a need. I need to communicate the need. I need to get feedback on what the community feels is a solution. And, and maybe you even know what it is, right? But you have to, you got to work those in together, right? Like, I, I think we've never had to do that before. Oh, wait a minute. We've never done that before. And that's the scary part, right? Yeah. I think uh, the challenge, Aaron, is we have to break out of our box and see things. And you asked, you know, one of the little questions about being better every day is what do you do? Well, sometimes we have to break out of our box and go look at other organizations. And unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes we just pick those organizations that are sexy and appealing. But what mm -hmm. we really needed to pick were those organizations that have really changed how they do those pieces. Uh, Loveland, Loveland Sims Fire Department in, in outside of Cincinnati, Ohio is doing some amazing work connecting to their community. Well, we should go look at that and learn from them so that we can adopt what pieces fit our system of what they're doing. Not everything will just transfer over, but there's nuggets that we can take from that might spur on another conversation inside your organization to continue to grow those. The marketing piece, a lot of times in the fire service, we've only ever stuck out our hands outside of our stations when we needed money, right? We need right. and and we haven't been great at communicating to all levels of our community what we do and how we do it. I think if you ask our another great poll would be ask our communities what they think we do. I don't think right. they know about child seat inspections. I don't think they know about inspections, residential home uh, surveys, all these other programs that we do. They don't know. So yeah. we're not great at divulging what we're doing to add value to our communities. I think a lot of our communities go, why are there fire trucks at the grocery store every day? Right? Like that's that. But you know what? And that, that brings forth this really great kind of like, hey, that's what we're talking about. Like even marketing that, like, do you know that these, you know, these firefighters, they live at the station for 24 hours and you know, what else do they do? If, if people don't know that and, and we're in their face all the time, you know, what are they assuming that we're doing there? You know, um, you know, we've gotten that, you know, I've been in a fire, uh, in a fire, I've been in the grocery store, same thing. Sometimes I've had people take stuff out of our cart and go, I'm not paying for that for you today. And we're like, excuse me, you know, sir, um, we, we pool our money and we, you know, this is all out of our own pocket. City doesn't provide us anything, you know, it, but educating people that way, it, to me, that was a great opportunity, you know, um, and, and maybe it's cause I I'm a little bit older and I come from outside of the fire service into the fire service. But the, those are the type of things I think you're thinking about whenever we have an opportunity to integrate ourselves or teach our community about what we do, we got to utilize that, you know, um, and we got to market that. 
Um, We're amazing at being reactive. The fire service and our firefighters are incredible at being reactive to fast moving events. So we do it on structure fires, vehicle accidents, medicals, where we're taking a lot of information in a very short time and reacting to it. What we need to be to, to grow is actually be proactive, which is the flip side or the converse of that. And we're mm-hmm. not great at that. We've never trained on it. We've never developed it. We don't practice those skills. So how do we become proactive to better serve our community so that when we have to be reactive, we've already got the groundwork laid in place. Yeah. And I love the fact you're like, hey, we need to look outside sometimes of the fire service, um, which, w- wait a minute, w- do what? They don't understand the fire service. Well, right. It, it, as you mentioned, it's not just understanding how to put, you know, we know how to put water on a fire. Like we're really good at busting through stuff. I break stuff all the time. Just ask my lieutenants who have to do the paperwork, right? We're good at that. But what we're not good at is dealing with people. And that's what other industries are better at, right? So it's ironic you say that. So I've been fortunate enough this last year to be appointed to a board of directors for a credit union. That credit union has 18 branches that serve our community. It's a nonprofit credit union, right? So they're not in the business of making money per se, but they're in in the business of taking care of their members. The correlations between that private business sector and the challenges that they're seeing with 18 branches, which is just like 18 fire stations, right? Right. And and the thousand employees or 700 employees, the challenges of recruiting, training, educating, promoting, developing, growing, they are unison. They are, they are identical to the challenges we're facing in the fire service. Just their mission is different. Right. So why can't right. we learn from them, right? Yep. Yeah. And I think because, look, our, our, our outcome might be a little bit more dangerous, right? Yeah. Um, although, I mean, every job seems to be dangerous in certain times. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, but, but when you look at the dangers of our job, a lot of it, I, I think, is, and, and you know, based off a survey, right? We love what we do. I mean, if I asked you, would you recommend this job to someone on you? What would you say? As a matter of fact, I know what you say because you wrote it in your article. But yeah, yeah I, I love right? it. I haven't worked a day since I, I started full time, you know, dang near almost 20 years ago now. It is absolutely the best career, but it's not the best career because of the fires that I see. It's the yeah. best career because of these other tangible items that we don't do a great job of explaining, right? The camaraderie, the community, the service, the the challenge of saying, hey, we're, the fire service is changing. This is cool. We're going to hold on to our traditions. We're going to hold on to stuff that's really valuable. But boy, if you could wipe the slate clean and say, how could we do that differently by still utilizing some of our traditions? Let's do it. Let's figure yeah. it out. How right? exciting is that, right? Oh. Like, that's what gets me fired up is right. figuring that out. Even yeah. the other side of this, though, survey, and here's kind of what what I want to get into, because and I think I say this with every guest, you know, Janelle, we got to have them back again. We got it because this is the right. We start digging and digging and digging. And, you know, hopefully as people are listening to this, they're like, OK, these guys, you know, a I'm either on something or onto something, but you're definitely onto something, chief. And the other thing I wanted to just address address was we have this great satisfaction yet the job in some ways is killing us from the standpoint of we love it so much we'll give up our own private health our our quality of life because we love 
uh, being a member, a contributing member of the community, being a member of a team, we, we do give um, probably too much in some cases or need to learn, you know, and, and that's the other aspect, I think, of leadership, right, is trying to set that example and give our, our membership, um, you know, resources to help them understand how they, they need to sometimes take better care of themselves. Buddy, you just hit on one of the things that came out of our vision day. Okay. We're I wasn't doing, there, but I would have loved it, Ben, obviously. We're, yeah. we're doing, uh, we're, we're just starting it. We're in the infancy stage of life skills quarterly. We're going to have health professionals like yourself come in quarterly and interact with our members. We're going to have tax specialists come in and interact with our folks. Maybe a chef come in and interact with healthy cooking. You know, all these different things because... It is our responsibility as leaders to continue to grow and tie together our family, our our organization, so that they can do that ugly stuff that we ask them to do. That's awesome. I love that life skills, which actually brings us to our last part. So we we try to get a little more personal with our guests and, and everybody. It sounds like we rehearse this stuff because it just comes together. But we do what we put you on the hot seat. So we might ask you personal questions. We might ask you some fire questions. Um, this comes from our users. Sometimes they, they'll ask, um, you know, through, through emails and surveys and whatnot. So we have a couple of questions left and it's, it totally fits in with, uh, okay, we can, we, we teach people fire service skills, right? And that's the sexy stuff. But what we need to start doing is saying, okay, this is how you t have this conversation, you know, with your significant other, this is how you make time for fitness and those life skills. Um, so let's let's talk about them a little bit. All right. So first hot seat question. Janelle, do you want to ask the first one? I'm Yeah, sure. Okay. Janelle always uh, has these good ones. All right, Jason. What's your favorite drill? Favorite drill? Yeah. I we have a drill called offensive fire attack where it puts a bunch of skills together and uh, it's fun. We started it. Um and it becomes a competition. So they have to deploy off the engine. They got to make entry. They got to find a seat of the fire and extinguish it. And we do it with a stopwatch in hand. And so they time it. So that's my favorite drill to see because it really, truly is the meat and potatoes of what we do. Now, do they? does the winner get a prize? prize Other than the pride of being the fastest and the okay. most efficient. Yep. Sometimes you don't need a prize. Right. You, just, you need bragging rights. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so uh, next one, we're going to stick to Firehouse. What's your favorite Firehouse movie to watch? Uh, man, See, this, what's that? It's tough because I struggle watching those because I'm like, that's not how this happens. Yeah. But I mean, you have to go back to the iconic backdraft. You know, it's it really is from my generation what drove a lot of us. But I would change it to not movie. I was a I was an emergency show kid in the seventies. That's oh, what started yeah. my passion for the fire service. What about non fire related movie? Favorite to watch in the firehouse? I'll have to get back to you on that one, Aaron. I don't have <laughs> that's the hard, that's the hardest question, right? Like, um, yeah, that's the hard question. I, yeah. I think um, we see that's why these hot seat questions are even, you know. I think are harder. All right, you're up, Janelle. Well, uh, what are you reading right now? Boy, I just got three books in, and um, 
one that we're sharing with our folks is Row the Boat by the University of Minnesota Golden Goal for Football Golden Coach. Golf. Yeah. So, uh, it's PJ about Fleck. It is. It's about culture, and we're having our officers read that one because it's a nice read, and it really talks about how culture is important in the firehouse, and uh, we're really proud of trying to continue to grow our culture. That's it's great. called reading. Top to bottom, left to right, group of words. I literally yeah, that's how three people. books that just arrived uh, by Amazon this week. I'm still a paper reader. I like that um, because too. we're looking for the next book for our officer core to read and study it together. So speaking of football coach, if you, if you weren't in fire service, this is our last hot seat question. What else, what else would you be doing? What, what, what do you think would be your profession? So like you, I came from the private business sector before getting into the fire service full time. I enjoyed that, but prior to that, I was I and I loved college football. Uh, I played a little college football. I coached a little high school football. Uh, I would love if I wasn't doing this. There'd be two jobs I'd have: one be a chef of a of a breakfast uh, greasy spoon in a ski town where I could ski every day and cook breakfast <laughs> in the morning, and then go ski when the snow was good, or two being a college football coach at at probably that Division two or three level. I think that'd be pretty exciting. Right. Where they kind of do everything for just for the heart. Right. Yeah. It's and about the game it's... instead of just about the money and the politics. Right. 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 I think I actually read on your website or I think you posted this, do everything with a good heart and expect nothing in return. That's really, yeah. you know, that, that's that division two level yep. uh, of football for sure. Um, and then do you have any, any, another, one more question uh, on the hot seat channel? Do you have any more? Uh, well, now I want to know where you played football. What was your position? You know, I wasn't very good. I was also one of the, I'm a, I'm a bigger kid, but I'm one of the smaller kids, but I never wanted to quit. So I played for the Moorhead State University Dragons up in Moorhead, Minnesota. Minnesota. And I uh, played high school football in the Twin City metro area. So uh, again, it was more about heart and passion for the game than skills. So I got beat up pretty good. And it was a good life lessons because it prepared me for other things. That's awesome. Where, where was uh where was your high school again we had this conversation because I, I used to live in minnesota we i remember we talked but yeah moundsview high school the moundsview right that's on right. the northern suburbs of the twin cities that's right okay yep now it's coming back to me the old moundsview yeah i lived in minneapolis for like 20 years i think right somewhere around 19 20 years yeah loved it up there but happy to be back in in uh wisconsin so you know, to summarize everything, we, we talked about a lot of different stuff. Thank you again for just your passion for uh, helping to improve the, the, the fire service. And a lot of that's through leadership, but it's also through setting an example. Um, you know, we talk about fitness, we talk about wellness, we talk about you, you continually try to improve yourself. You know, you read, you, um, you obviously are, are in tune with what's going on in the fire service. What's, um, what's a, a final you know, a final and lasting message you would have to, to those listening that, you know, whether they're a chief or someone interested in, in joining the fire service or that, that six or seven year vet, that's just a little salty right now. You know, what, what, um, what do you have as a parting, um, you know, quote or a parting, uh, idea for them? I think there's a couple, but, uh, let's focus on two. One, the fire service and life is about relationships and our, job as fire services to connect and build relationships with our community. We also have to connect and build relationships with each other and our family. So one key for all of us either entering or in the fire service is focus on relationships. 
if there's been any positives in my fire service career, they have been centered around connections and relationships with folks like you and Janelle from around the country because you green you gain value by those relationships. And then, then the final part is this is about people. Everything we do is about people. It's not about the technical gear. Those are all components. But if we are not focused on people at all levels of our organization, we're going to struggle to grow and continue to grow. And we're always going to be behind the eight ball. When I started in the fire service, you were told to shut your mouth and do as you're told. And then it was almost like they expected a light switch to turn on to finally engage our brain when we become driver operator or company officer. But we didn't get the skills to do that. So as leaders today, we have to start instilling that, those thinking, critical thinking process with our young recruits and get them to engage so we can talk about the whys and the how so they understand the full system yep. instead of just being bodies. We want the brain as much as we want that physical body. Yep. And because of that, we have to look inside and, and, and realize that and make our own change. And for a lot of us that uh, are a lot that are in leadership, need to look in the mirror and go, how can I become that person first off and then get my, uh, my the people underneath and my members to do that, right? Like that's yeah. the hard part too. You and know, it's looking not in the mirror. And it's not softening the fire service. We're not, we're not taking the hardness or the toughness or the bravado out of the fire service. What we're doing is saying, hey, we're going to build that to be better by, by engaging their brains along with that brawn and those skill sets, those physical skills that we need. And we're still going to be tough on certain things, right? Right, we have to right. be. It's the we nature of our be. mission. Yeah. But we're also going to find the softer side so that we can understand what's going on with them to care about them and take care of them so that they can be tough on those days where we need them to be extra tough. Right. You know, when you look at it, like you talk about football, you know, football used to be you'd line up your big guys versus their big guys and you shove the ball down as, as far as you can. Right. But now all of a sudden the game has changed where you may have little smaller guys uh, on the line because they they're, they're now going to throw on fourth down and one. And so it, I never hear anyone say, well, the NFL is getting soft, you know, uh, you know, or softer. No, it's, it's called innovation. It's called using data. It's called using your resources to uh, accomplish that goal. Right. But fire service starts to say, okay, we're, we're, we're experiencing, you know, this and this, and we're going to use data. And we're and all of a sudden people start to say right away, we're softening it. You know, yeah. I mean, you hit a, a, a good point there. You know, we're not uh, softening the fire service. Now look at the military, you know, the military has evolved and changed with technology, research, study, innovation. They're not any softer. I would, I think you could put a, a, a green beret or a Navy seal up against a green beret and a Navy SEAL from 50 years ago, and they're going to be just as tough, right? The character and the, the mission hasn't changed, but how we accomplish it has. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. that's the fire service. We just need, and we have, we have changed. And we, we have, yes. out of that. But we also need to continue to look towards what's next and how do we continue to improve and balance how we do that because there's a tempo. I have it right here on a little card. It says organizational tempo is really important for us, right? Because managing outside cultural influences might change our organizational tempo. But we have to identify what that is. There's times we got to be on the gas. There's times we got to be on the brake. Yeah. So let's lead yeah. it. All the challenges in the fire service come back to leadership. It does. It does. But it. But then, and no, and leadership comes back to 
communicating and, and building a relationship, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this leads into a great kind of segue into let's have you back. Let's talk about relationships and communication in another one, uh, another uh, episode, another show. And thank you. Thank you for that insight. Thanks for, uh, again, your passion. And, you know, what we always like to end, I, 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 I always like to think that there, there are people, there are resources with knowledge and with motivation all around us, but it's really up to us to decipher that and utilize it to become better every shift. And uh, with that, Chief, I think you hit that right on the head with all the different insight that you gave us. So thank you for being here. We'll, we'll bring you back. Janelle, thank you. What else do you have to add? Anything? No, I just so appreciate you joining us today, Jason. This has been really great, really insightful. It's thanks, everybody, honor. for... Yeah, thanks, my Chief. We'll bring you back. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please comment on the podcast, share, uh, like. If you dislike, let us know. Uh, we are here to help you be better every shift.